Communication, persuasion, and influence, these are the skills that drive success in real estate. In order to be great at these three aspects, being a great communicator, mastering the art of persuasion, and being an influencer in your field, one of the first skills that need to be identified and learned is becoming a master at understanding people. People who create that perfect balance of understanding and relating to people and their varying degrees of personality types excel in real estate. It's no secret. Maybe it is a secret. This is a skill that a lot of people miss. Today, we're going to talk to Michelle Reese, an owner broker who has been around the real estate business her whole life. She has a wealth of experience and knowledge to talk to us about. Stick with us to the end and listen for an opportunity to get a one-on-one phone call with Michelle Reese. Newer real estate agents, are you making $150,000 or more in real estate this year? How would you like to believe with 100% certainty that you will? What if you knew exactly what to do every day to make money in real estate? Are you the type of person that will do the work, serve the people well? You would devote a good portion of the day on focused activities and habits to drive business if you just knew what to do. Does cold calling or door knocking or paying for leads freak you out? Good, because it freaks me out too. Are you working part-time and afraid to leave the job? to go full-time into real estate. Am I speaking to you right now? Give me 15 minutes and I know I can help you. Go to forexformula.com to learn how I created a recipe for success that anyone can do. You have the ingredients to be successful within you right now. You just need to know what to do. Learn how I earn multiple six figures working less than 40 hours a week. And here's the kicker. I get paid every single month. Want to learn how? Go to forexformula.com, the number four xformula.com. All right, just before we hop into the interview with Michelle, I just wanted to let you know about two exciting things that are coming up. First, I want to tell you about a book that I'm releasing really soon. Keep an eye out for it. It's called The Quick Commission Blueprint. You can get it for free on my website. As of this recording, it's not quite yet available. We're in the final edits right now. It's a short book about how to get your real estate business started quick. Check it out at forexformula.com. I believe that this book should be given to every single real estate agent the first day that they start doing their business. This is the foundational to-dos to fire up your business and get you making money fast. Get commissioned fast. Next, I want to let you know about something. I'm looking for three people to personally mentor. You have to be operating outside of the province of British Columbia, so anywhere else in Canada or anywhere in the U.S., and I'm going to help you apply the steps of the Quick Commission Blueprint. I want to mentor you for free. All that I ask is that we get to record our conversations so that we can help others excel in the real estate business. Would that be okay? Would you like that? Drop me a comment if you're on Apple Podcasts or screenshot the episode, post it on social media and say, I want Kelly to mentor me. Tag me, kellyjohnson.training on either Facebook or Instagram. All right, sound good? Let's get you fired up in your marketplace. I want to help you. Once I get three people, that's going to be it. I can only help so many people, all right? Okay, let's get to our chat with Michelle Reese. Hello, everybody. We're talking to Michelle Reese today. I'm so excited. She's a broker owner from Royal LePage Connect Realty in Pickering, Ontario. And, you know, I have never seen a broker put this in a website, in, in the website comments, talking about their website. This is what it says. Helping realtors achieve fulfillment, freedom, and financial success in their business. What a cool offering. Come to my office. I'm going <laughs> to help you achieve fulfillment, freedom, and financial success. Like that is, that's awesome. You know? Thank you. I love that. 
And uh, she wears many hats. She started a movement. Uh, she's building her tribe as a lifestyle entrepreneur expert. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, she's a podcaster, a lifestyle entrepreneur podcast. It's amazing. And, uh, and a certified disc analyst as well. So if you're not aware of that method, it's a personality profile system that does a couple of things that are beneficial to real estate agents. One, it helps you identify your own personality, your own tendencies and strengths um, and perceived weaknesses even sometimes. And number two, it helps you understand others and their tendencies, which is going to enable you to be more empathetic with people that you deal with on a daily basis. Very important stuff. Um, we actually talk about uh, that in our in our real estate course, we actually go over that. Now I offer up different places for people to go. Disc being one of them. Uh, there's quite a few different systems out there. Disc is great because it's four it's four quadrants, and they talk about that. But anyway, we'll talk more about that later. But anything to add to that as far as the the benefits of understanding personality profiles? Um, you know what? It's interesting. So I've always been one of those people that was that was interested in psychology, you know, people's personality, what drives people, what motivates people. So I've always sort of been intrigued and attracted to anything that gave me that courses, whatnot. Mm. What I found with the disc uh, was that it gave me the tools I needed to understand people. Like right. it's one thing to learn. It's a totally different thing to understand. And, and when I had the understanding of why people behave the way that they do and what motivates that and how that shows up in their communication style, that to me was a game changer because now I can say, you know, where I'm not a high, you know, using disc language, I'm not a high D or a high dominance person. So if I come across somebody who's a high D or highly dominant to me, without knowing all of this, they come across as aggressive and it can be intimidating and then I might feel threatened. And then my reaction to that is going to be based on how I perceive them. And so when I started learning about the DISC um, and started understanding the different personality styles and what that means for communication styles, I now see it differently. So I'm just, I, I think it, it, it uh, helps to build understanding, tolerance, so that you're again meeting people at the level that they need to be met at. And I think that's one of the big things with communication. You know, we're just taught to communicate how it's comfortable for us. And that's great, but when your business revolves around communication and persuasion and influence, it's, it's more effective when you can communicate the way that person needs to hear it, not what's comfortable for you. And so that's been, that's been one of the biggest changes I've seen. Yeah, that's super. And you know what, like, I always say this all the time. We are human beings dealing with human beings. And yeah. if we get to deal with more human beings than less human beings, we usually get to make more money, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, if we, if we have that tunnel vision of, I only like dealing with people that are just like me or people that I relate to only, that can be very limiting. I mean, it, it, it's a good focus. It's a great way to focus and for your branding and all that kind of stuff. But if you meet somebody outside of that zone, you got to be able to figure out how to work with them. And, and be a benefit to them or be the best you you can be for that person based on how they're, they're, where their needs are. Like yeah. I know some people that are highly detailed, like got to know all the numbers. I had a t teachers are like this. A lot of teachers are like yeah. this, right? Yeah. And I had a teacher say to me, like we were, you know, tax assessments. Do you kind of have that? Kind of it's the number that comes from the assessment authority and they give you a, a, like a dollar amount. It's just kind of to base the... Um, the what we call the mill rate. 
for how mm -hmm. the taxes get paid for the property taxes. And he said, I want to know all the tax assessments of all the sales in this area compared to all of the actual retail sales. Wow. You know, show me the, the correlation to that. And of course, there was zero correlation. I, did, I actually did it for him because I wanted really? to know. And I thought, you know, what? I'm going to do this. And I did a graph thing and everything. And it was a lot of work. Like it took a lot of time. But I thought this, this is the level this guy wants. He wants Yeah. This. Yeah. But it was great because it came to the right conclusion where there is no correlation. <laughs> let's look at market value and let's talk about it and let, you know, let's pay a fair price for this. But problem. he needed that. He needed to hear that because that would have been his stumbling block. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't have been able to move forward had he not been satisfied with that information. Totally. And that's, that's one of those, are, those are those insights that you get when you start to learn. And, and DISC is just one of them. There's a whole bunch of you know, uh, profile uh, assessments out there. But when you, when you get to understand and you're able to speed read people, you have a better appreciation for this person's not just making my life difficult. Like it's just that they have a need for information. That's how they base their decisions. Yeah. Some people don't have that. Some people want to know what you would do and they'll ask you. And so, you know, it's back to your earlier comment. It's, we're in a wonderful industry that we can put it out there and create our brand and attract the people we want to work with. But Sometimes those people are married and they come along with spouses that don't fit that profile. Yeah. And you're going to have to learn how to manage all the different personality styles and understand their levels and needs of communication. That's a really good point. You know, because uh, what about the father-in-law, right? Yeah. Like he comes or, you know, the millennials, they have everybody, they have to ask everybody's opinion. And so you have to be prepared for that. At the end of the day, whenever you're working with people, it's about understanding people. So stop being offended by people, right? Because we do that immediately. Like our, it's, like a, it's like this habitual mentality that we have. If, if, they, if they're different from us or they, they come across aggressive or whatever, or you want these details, like seriously, you want that? Like that offends me because that is ridiculous. You know, instead of being offended, meet people where they're at. Yeah. And actually what I say in the course all the time, the wow factor for that person is the wow factor for that person. It's, yep. it's that, that is a, like that me doing that for that guy was a wow factor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You, you checked all the boxes. Like that's, that's what he was looking for, whether he could communicate that with you, you know, to you or not mm -hmm. intrinsically, that's what he needed. Like I, I, I recall this, you know, having a conversation with one of my realtors and and she kept on saying, you know, but I don't understand. Like I went over and above and I went over and above and she kept on throwing this over and above at me. And I'm like, okay. And I'm listening, I'm listening. And then I happened to be called into the meeting with the client and I, I looked at the client and I clocked it right away. Mm -hmm. This, this client just needed somebody to hear her. Yeah. It wasn't about the doing. It was, she was going through a difficult time in her life. She was going through a divorce. She wasn't feel, she wasn't feeling like she was being treated fairly mm -hmm. of no fault of the realtor, mm -hmm. but you know, the realtor's focus was on what, you know, I'm going over and above, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but just because that's what she wanted to do doesn't mean that that's what this client needed to hear. Mm -hmm. And you know, so sometimes we come across and all of a sudden our judgment is they're being difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's not that they're being difficult with us, it's that they're going through something difficult. And it's just about understanding the differentiation, the the distinction about that. It's not that that people are trying to make your life miserable. That's it, we don't wake up to do that as humans. I mean, some people might, but you know, the majority (laughs) of people, that's not our intention. But when we're in our world, whatever might be going on, that's the place that we're reacting from. So I think empathy is probably a good, uh, you know, trait to start with, because when you empathize with people, you understand the world from where they stand. That's right. Absolutely. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. I, I actually grew up in what was a small town of Richmond Hill in York yeah. region, which is just on the outskirts of, of Toronto. Right. Um, and it is now one of the biggest uh, cities in, in York region in the, in the greater sort of horseshoe area. Mm. And um, I grew, literally grew up in the business. So uh, my mom was a real estate agent. My dad was in home construction. So two entrepreneurs. Mm. Um, and, you know, from the child's perspective outside looking in, I was like, oh, if this is what entrepreneurship is, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> it's like the sacrifices and, you know, the, yeah. the, the decisions and the, the trade-offs of not being able to be home on the evenings and weekends. And, you know, yes, you can make money, but you can lose it just as quickly. And so the child's perspective of entrepreneurship for me was like, uh-uh, it's not what I want. Yeah. But, and then I say that and think that, and then you know, my very first part-time job was in a real estate office. And so I, that real estate is what I knew. Um, and so I worked in a real estate office. I basically worked every role possible, starting from reception all the way to deal admin, to managing, to now broker owner. Um, but it started in a family business. Oh, that's so, really cool. Yeah. So my mom um, was a successful realtor. Um, top producing realtor. And then we got to an age where she needed a bit more predictability. And so she uh, looked at uh, managing and then from there purchased her first office. And we started at 15 agents. And today we are over a thousand agents. Uh, Maura LePage, your community is her her company. And so that's actually the largest uh, franchise for Maura LePage. Okay. And then a few, so I've, we worked together my entire life pretty much. And then a few years ago, my brother and I purchased another franchise, which the head office is located in Pickering. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And we have about 300 realtors there and six locations just around uh, Durham region and Toronto. But yeah, it's, you know, our offices, if we, we go from Lake Ontario to Lake Simcoe, that's our span between both, uh, both brokerages and the, the characteristics of the community are all so unique. Uh, the people, the dynamics are all so unique. So it's, it's been, it's been wonderful. I love, I love that you started off with the history of Pickering because (laughs) it is, it's so, it's, I think it's more meaningful when you have a, a better understanding of what the communities are like because the dynamics change. Every one of our offices, I mean, it's a family-run business. We leadership doesn't change, you know, from from branch to branch. But yet, you walk in and you feel like you're in almost a different location because it d- takes on the characteristics of the community. Very cool. And that yeah. was I was going to talk about that because is that important, right? Like um, thinking about who who the people are in your community and, and how to attract them, make them feel comfortable. And, you know, how important is a real estate office being um, looked at as a community office, somebody that's in the community? You know, very much so. Um, I think if I, if I compare 
um, you know, our Richmond Hill office, which Richmond Hill, for, for many of you who might not even know, is uh, a very multicultural city. Lots of, you know, great population, a lot of development. Um, so the dynamics are very different. The community, once I find, you know, once it gets to a certain uh, you know, growth period, mm-hmm. the dynamics change. Whereas now I contrast that with, let's just say my Pickering office or Ajax office, which is much smaller. The community is still very much community minded. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, gets out and supports when there's a local event. And so you lose that as the municipalities grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's extremely important, especially if you have an office or you're working even as a realtor within a community where people are community minded. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's important. And at the end of the day, we, the biggest thing that we do for our communities is help them to grow. We're bringing mm-hmm. people in and out of these communities all the time. And so yes. the more you know, the more you contribute, the more you give back and support the growth, uh, I think it comes back to you. I think it's, it's just a great way to align. Um, and so, yeah, you've got, you've got to know what the community's all about. And, and they do, you know, as much as, you know, there's, there's perceptions of, you know, real estate and salespeople in general, sure. I think the majority of people really do look at real estate as a community hub. Absolutely. And, and that really is it, isn't it? Like I, I think realtors, when they first get in the business, if they, if they just really focused outwardly and thought, you know what, I am going to be a positive influence in my community. I, people are going to know that I'm an advocate of the community. And I find that like Chilliwack is where I'm from, which mm-hmm. is about an hour outside of Vancouver. So kind of that urban kind of little town, just under a hundred thousand people you know, just starting to go. We got a lot of things percolating in Chilliwack. We got some university stuff going on. We got a few little things. So it's a very interesting little town. But when people come in and, and you do that, right? You have people from an hour away within an hour away moving into town because usually it's a little bit less money or whatever, or cashing out or, or you see empty nesters moving that way. And you see all these opportunities for people to come to the town. But I find what I'll do a lot of times is I'm actually selling Chilliwack. Like if mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm getting people fired up about all the opportunities and all the things. If you can get good at that alone, I find I get so people just go, I got to deal with Kelly. Like he just, he, he gives me all this information that I- You're selling the lifestyle. The lifestyle and everything. Yeah. It's, you know, when, when you, it's, someone said this to me the other day, you know, if you want to go to Hawaii and you think about being on the beach and having a Mai Tai- and getting all excited about that, you go, great. And then you get to the you get to the point where you gotta you gotta stand in line and you gotta take your shoes off, you gotta take your belt off, and you and you gotta go through this huge security check-in thing and put your arms up and go through the if you knew you had like if someone said, you just gotta go through all this and then you'll get to Hawaii, <laughs> a lot of yeah. people are going. I'm not so excited now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we just don't think about it. We book the trip and we just go. <laughs> yeah, now you're like, well, I got to, you mean I got to go through this, but then I get to go there? Yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. It's, it's the first step. Yeah. Anyway, I got totally off track there. That's um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if we have that many people that are famous from Chilliwack compared to Pickering, but um, we do have uh, Jordan Heidema, who is on the Canadian national soccer team who's just a superstar she's just doing awesome she's now living in france playing soccer she lives she lives up the road from me her family really yeah so that's awesome that's claim to fame there you go and you of course 
And yeah, and Kelly Jones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a small world, even though we're five hours plane rides away or whatever. It's, it's oh, it's very small. I love it. Yeah. Um. Okay, so when you're talking with your agents, and uh, and I've heard you talk about this on your podcast, um, kind of drilling down to that kind of target market person, um, and creating that avatar. Mm-hmm. of I call it avatar it's it's because it's a catchphrase now but basically really understanding that and you went really deep in that like we talk about this in the course as well but you went really deep into almost like let's just pretend that you have a best friend and where do they go to eat like all that kind of stuff all of it yeah you know do you do you do that like when you, you have a new agent come in they go okay what do I do how do I get started like is that something you do do you go through that exercise I do because again, I start with um, when people are coming into the industry, they're really confused about which direction they should take. What's the best lead generating system? How should I generate business? And I think that confusion can sometimes lead people in the wrong direction. And it's not that there's a right or wrong, but it's a right or wrong for you. And so we end up, I think agents sometimes end up adopting systems and doing things because somebody else has seen success as opposed to just sort of asking, is this what I really want? And so when I have those conversations, the natural evolution of that conversation, when I say, well, how did you envision your business to look like when you pictured yourself generating business and working with people, what were the people like, how, what were you doing? What is it that you wanted to focus on? And so when I can get people back to that vision piece where we, the conversation naturally evolves into branding and marketing and online marketing. And it's one of the the easiest things to do right now. And especially so during the pandemic, because when we're restricted from doing um, face-to-face business, it really, a lot of people were caught off guard. People that were accustomed to doing business online were fine. Um, Everybody else had a really hard time adjusting to that. And so I think it's, it's a important because that's, that's where we are. Our world is online. People are online. And so there's huge opportunity to attract your niche market and to, to really be able to tune into that. But you can't do that if you don't go through the process of working with an avatar. And so I, I, I take the agents through, um, you know, when they're brand new or even just on the podcast with just teaching people how do you create that avatar and why is it so important? Because, you know, and you and I talked about efficiency and productivity. Yeah when you know who you're speaking to, it just, there's so much clarity around the type of messaging that you can create. I think people can spend hours trying to come up with one post and it shouldn't be that difficult. Like that time could be spent somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when you, when you have a clear vision of who you want to attract and you speak to that person, the ideas just flow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really amazing. And um, I love it when, when I have an ideal or something I want to want people to understand or learn, and I'll have my way of talking about it. I'll have my, you know, kind of way of getting that across. And then I'll listen to someone else like yourself, who's really talking about the exact same thing, but totally saying it totally differently and creating different light bulb moments and aha moments. Um, and I just love that when that happens, cause it helps me. Cause then I'm going, okay. So when I get date, when I dig deep with someone else, I can now add those things, those other flavors to it. And it's totally in line with the whole thing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like the avatar, or, or we call it the avatar, but really, who do you want to attract? Um, start with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying don't deal with any of the other people that are outside of that or, or how, however they come to you, whether it's referrals or all that kind of stuff. But if you really understand that deeply, then the language, the words you use, the, the adverbs that you use when you're doing things, the, the pictures yeah. that, that are in your um, marketing and colors and, and even like in your business cards, on your business cards or in your, on your, web, your website pictures, you know, if you're dealing with, if you don't, if you're not in an area where there's a lot of condos, why do you, you know, don't have a picture of condos? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and blue, it, blue and gold corporate yeah. colors have warm colors. Like, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's has being to be intentional. Pictures. I think that's what it is. I think in anything that we do, there has to be intent. So, you know, everything has to be, um, you have to understand why you're doing it and there has to be intention behind it. It has to be purposeful in order for it to be purposeful. It has to be meaningful for the person you're attracting. Cause again, no different than when we talked about communication, it's not how I feel best communicating. It's how you need to receive the message. Same thing with your marketing and branding. It's not what I want to put out there. It's what do you need to hear from me in order for me to impact you enough to take that next step to hit follow, to engage on one of my posts, to reach out to me for a question. Um, and that's what we're moving people. And we know by human behavior that we're impacted by emotion. And mm. so if you can't hit people emotionally, you're probably not impacting them enough to influence them to make that next step, whatever that might be. And so when you, when you work with the avatar, like I, I always use the, the example of, um, kids. So if there's any parents listening, you know, if you've got more than one child, you mm-hmm. speak very differently to those children because mm-hmm. you know them so intimately. Like I know my daughter, if I was to be very firm and direct, she'd end up crying. Whereas <laughs> if my son, if I'm not firm and direct, he's not going to listen. And so you know how to tailor your communication to the two different children because you know them so intimately. Mm-hmm. That same thing has to apply to your clients and potential clients. You have to know them intimately, which is why I go so deep when I talk about the avatar. I want to know where do they hang out? Who are they following? Because when you understand all the things that drive their behavior and how they're influenced and where they're listening and picking up information from, then you're better able to reach them. Um, And that's really what it's about. And it's not, you know, and you hit it right on the nose when you said, it's not that you're not going to work with other people, but when you aim to speak to everybody, you actually are speaking to nobody Yeah. because it's too general. And how do you cut through the noise? I mean, geez, everybody was online pre-COVID. Now that COVID is here, they've seen a huge spike on people turning to social media and online platforms. So there's that much more noise now that we have to cut through to get the attention of the people that we're trying to attract. And the only way to do that then is to really be um, strategic and create content that's meaningful for them. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Listen to that. Rewind. Listen to that again, everybody. (laughs) No, that's really great. The, the, that is huge right now. It is so noisy in every single way, every single way right now with all the screens that we bump into or see, and it's always coming at us. And, and so what do we do? We start to put guards up and filters. And uh, so how do we, how do we get through those to reach people and stuff? I mean, that happens to us too. Oh my gosh. All the time. Yeah. So all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So you've gone through a journey and uh, really cool though, always real estate pretty well in your life. And, 
you probably um, probably came to a point like I'm this lifestyle entrepreneur thing. And I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to call it a thing. <laughs> That's okay. I still call it a thing. This, this movement. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to demean that in any way. It's you awesome. didn't. The, you didn't. The, <laughs> but this is interesting because now that I know about the fact that your your mother was a high producing agent, and your father was an entrepreneur building houses and get, probably getting into some development and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And there's always ups and downs when you're involved with that. I mean, wins and losses. Um, been through that. And, you know, all of us have been through 2008. We all shudder <laughs> for a little while when we think of that. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But there, there must've been a TSN turning point at some time. Like you, you had a vision of what a successful person was your mother, pretty powerful. Pretty yeah, powerful. it was in, in many ways. Um, you know, I kind of started off when I was saying that I was raised by the two entrepreneurs and I didn't want anything to do with yeah. entrepreneurship because it just totally looked, you know, overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and so growing up in the business, that's the model that I had, which she's extremely successful, obviously, even still to this day, she's extremely effective and powerful at at who, you know, what she does and how she does things. But going through life, trying to emulate that, Mm -hmm. when some things aligned with me and some didn't, it only kind of fed into this feeling of I'm doing it wrong. I'm not good enough. This is not meant for me. And, and it was only because I was trying to do things the way she did them mm-hmm. and they worked for her, not necessarily meaning that it's going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're alike in many ways and then we're, we're, we're not in, in others. And so I, I think it was my own journey of trying to figure out who I was and it was me battling. It always felt like there was a tug of war with my, my you know, family and work. And I always felt like there was this tug of war that I had to choose one. And if I was choosing one, it was meaning that that was more important than the other. And then the guilt came. And, yeah. you know, we, we kind of talked a little bit about the, the parent guilt, right? The mom guilt. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew I wasn't alone in that. So the whole um, using the lens of lifestyle entrepreneurship to look at our business really came from two places. One, my own personal experience of bumping into trying to do things that, that weren't aligned with me and really feeling like I was trying to swim upstream Mm -hmm. and making it that much more difficult. And then a lot of my mental energy was spent on, am I doing this right? Maybe I'm not doing this right. Oh, it's wrong. And then I'm judging it. And then I'm changing my mind. And I just wasn't being productive or effective, or at least as productive and effective as I could be. Um, And so that was an evolution and a, you know, a growth. And I literally grew up in the business. I'm 45 plus something. Right. And so I, in my very first job was 13. So, you know, you do the math. That was a lot of years to spend in real estate, kind of, you know, one, one foot in one foot out. but a big portion of what, where I spent my time was on education and training. And, and so 13 years ago, um, I founded a real estate academy. And that was another turning point for me in looking at realtors and some of the struggles that they were facing. Mm. Part of it started with licensing, and I'm not sure how, how it is in your area. But, you know, when I got licensed, we had to write clauses, we had to create clauses from scratch. We had to draft offers and all of that slowly started changing that when, you know, newer agents and licensees were coming to the table, 
And they were like, well, what's that? Like, what's the difference between a waiver and an amendment? Or how do I draft this clause? And I'm like, didn't you do that in licensing? And they're like, no. I was like, okay, we got, a, we got a lot of work to do to catch you guys up. And so just in my working with them from the very point of them coming in to f- catch them up to the place where I knew I started at, you know, as a, as, as a licensed realtor, um, kind of showed me, and you kind of said, what, 80% of, uh, there's over 80% attrition rate in, in our industry. It, there's a lot of attrition rate and it, it started to bother me that I would meet these amazing individuals that were in it for the right reasons. Like their heart was in it. They wanted to help people, but they were trying systems and doing things that weren't in alignment, which made them feel like a failure, which meant they weren't getting ahead and seeing results. And then they would end up leaving the business. And some of them hit home. Like some of them I would look at and going, but they were so perfect. Like, oh my gosh, if I was a person looking to buy a home, I would have totally connected with this person. Um, And so it was really looking at why are people failing? What's, what's stopping people from succeeding? And more than that, geez, don't we get into this industry because we have the ability to carve out the freedom for a schedule and to spend more time with family and, you know, wake up and go to the gym if that's important to us. But how many people, successful people were actually doing that and enjoying that? So it was a big all or nothing. It was like, I'm either really successful and I'm sacrificing my relationships and my family and my health or I'm spending too much time on all of that and I'm not doing enough on my business. And I just knew there had to be a middle ground. There had to be another way. Um, and when I discovered, you know, really what lifestyle entrepreneurship was, I knew it wasn't an exact fit for real estate because we don't live a laptop lifestyle. You know, yes, we have some flexibility in our schedule, but we still respond to the needs of other people. But the essence of lifestyle entrepreneurship is where I was, uh, uh, w- what really resonated with me. And, and so that's, you know, the work that I do with, with agents is just reverse engineering how they look at themselves and their business so that you can create a business around your life, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And you know, the, our cause is so aligned, <laughs> you know, just looking at good people, great people that, the, the that I, I actually believe any person, we talked about this, um, mm-hmm. you know, talk about the disc for a second, like every, every personality type, I think every personality type can make a great living in real estate. Now, Agreed. what is a great living in real estate? That's defined by them. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they take a moment, break it down and go, what is a great living? How, what do I got to do to get there? And then how do I make my lifestyle work around that? And not just based on dreamy stuff, like, you know, we, I've been to every one of my son's rugby games, every one of my, you know, I was, I coached soccer. I helped coach his football team. I was the only father at reading time in kindergarten at eight thirty in the morning. That's you know, awesome. But, but you have to do those things and fit those things in. And we, if you work by a schedule and schedule your day, that's one of the things in your schedule that you do. And it's non-negotiable. And and well, you just hit it. It's, it's non-negotiable. And I think that's what we're not taught. That's yeah. one of the things I know you teach that, you know, but there needs to be more people like us that teach. How do you create a schedule where you identify your non-negotiables? Because yeah. if we can, you know, we can fill up, we all have the same hours in the day. 
Like I have people that come up to me and say, how do you do it all? Like you're always at your kid's stuff and you run a business and you do a podcast and you do this and you write, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I prioritize. I know what's important to me and I have my non-negotiables and obviously it's a give and take on things. Um, but it, it is, it's about defining what are those non-negotiables. If family time is important to you, then you need to commit to it the same way you commit to watching Netflix yeah. and the same way you commit to everything else, right? It, if exactly. that's what's important to you, then, then you need to commit to that and keep that sacred because if you don't commit to it, something else will fall in its place. And have you ever run into this? This is a funny little phenomenon. And uh, I actually just jumped in my brain right now. But Nicole and I experience this all the time. If we want more business to come at us or deals to start firming up or houses to sell, we book a vacation. I was just going to say book a holiday. (laughs) Like every time we book a vacation, we are so highly productive prior to that week away, 10 days away, whatever it is. We, we get so much done. It's unbelievable. So if you take that mentality, like I, we've even said it to each other before, you know what, we should book one vacation every single month and we'd actually probably make more money yep. because for whatever reason, our minds do that, don't we? Yep, it's, we do. And if you start yep. to prioritize certain things and you plug them in, it's not like you're sacrificing, you're not sacrificing in any way. What you're causing yourself to do, it's not stress. It's, there's a thing called you stress, E-U stress. Mm-hmm. Um, which is stress that we go through in order to, to be productive and do the things we want to do. So it's a good stress. It's a, it's a stress that causes us to produce Take action and dig yeah. deeper and think deeper and focus harder and all those things. That's a good stress to have. So if we can activate more use stress into our lives, we actually can be highly productive. You don't have to work 12, 15 hours a day. You can schedule, but when you're working, work. Yeah. Get it done. And it's what it is. The only reason why, I mean, there's many reasons why, you know, one of them is the law of attraction. They say when you book a holiday, you're focused on this open space now in your calendar. Mm -hmm. And it's just the universe's way of filling that space for you. (laughs) But on the, on the other side of that, when you know that you have deadlines and you know you have things to get done so that you can go off and enjoy that holiday, you are way more effective with your time. Mm -hmm. You're intentional with your time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's the piece that, that many people don't understand. Like we have chronological time. That's what we're taught, but there's also the concept of opportune time. And that's about understanding when are you most effective, what things should you be focusing on, and then carving out those time blocks for it. So yeah, it, it, it is the, it's the phenomenon. I, always, I, I say that to agents all the time. Oh, you're not busy? Go book a holiday. And they're like, what? I'm like, book a holiday. Trust me. Because it just, it's Murphy's Law. It always happens. But it's, yeah. it's only because you are engaged in all the right things because you are conscious of the fact that you don't want to have to deal with work when you're away. So you're doing all the right things before then, but all you're really doing is causing that motor to run. Like the engine of your business is now in full swing. And that's, that's where we have to stay. It's that sweet spot. Yeah. If you said to yourself every Friday at five o'clock, I am spending time with my wife and no one else. And my phone is off. What would you do? How would you structure your days on Monday to Thursday? How would you structure your day on that Saturday? What, how would you deal with offers when they come in and their subject removal is on that Friday? Like all these things start circulating around that decision, mm-hmm. right? And, 
And then all of a sudden that five hours, whatever, from five to 10 with your spouse or whatever, or important person in your life is, and you know that that's what you're shooting for every single week. Imagine the production that you would do between Monday and Thursday. Like I know when I, I know at three o'clock, I got to jump out and go see Connor's rugby game for an hour. I'll do some work afterwards, or maybe I'll make up for it another way or whatever. But I know during the day, like prior to three o'clock, I am highly focused because I'm thinking I got to get this done by three o'clock. Just like when we have an appointment to go to a listing meeting and we have other things to do. What do we do? We're focusing really hard because I, I got I to go do that listing meeting, but I want to do all these other things prior to that. So it's all about, and I think, scheduling and planning and being very intentional about every single day and not allowing the, um, the urgency of others to drive us, you know, staying in control of the business. And that's a yeah. big thing that we talk about, but yeah, it, that's, that's really cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. It's that phenomena. You want to get busy, book a holiday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you talk about, um, you know, your mother looking up at her and I wouldn't mean, I would do that. I, I would be looking up at her and going, my gosh, like she's an icon. I need to be like her if I want to be successful and my dad and parents and all that. And then certain things not being in alignment with how you wanted to run your lifestyle and just being self-aware enough to kind of get to that place. Was there a moment or a time where you just, there was a break where, where I call it the TSN turning point. Maybe it was where there, where the stress was, you know, where you just came to this realization, Oh my gosh, I need to break this Change down and something. rebuild it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, so I'm a, uh, I have perfectionist tendencies. <laughs> That's, let's just say it like that. In disc language, I'm a high C person. Yeah. So I like to be, uh, you know, very complete and accurate and I need information. I'm, I'm very much one of those people that I thrive on information and knowledge and knowing things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also strive for always being the best at, in my, ter my terms, right? Like it's not about outwinning people. I'm not, you know, highly competitive that way. Um, but I always strived for this idea of I can be the perfect mother and I can be the perfect business person and I can be the perfect wife and I can do it all. And I would say yes to a million things and I would do it. But at the end of the day, I would feel burnt out and I would not feel fulfilled. And then I, I, I was feeling not happy. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where I was trying to strive for this. We called the, you know, we use the word balance of strength, you know, trying to strive for the so-called work-life balance. And, and I got to a point where I was like, mm, nope, doesn't exist. Like the, the, it doesn't exist. And when we try, because when I think of balance, I think of the scale, right? If you, that, that old fashioned scale, not the one that we step on, <laughs> the old fashioned scale, right? One has, one side has to be balanced to the other, which means your work, the amount of time and energy you give to work should be equal to the, to the time and energy you give to your family or your relationships or your health or whatever it is on the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's never equal. Mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, we'd like to think I, ideally, wouldn't it be great if it was, but it's not. Sometimes you're going to have to say no to mm -hmm. your family commitments because there is something pressing happening at work and vice versa. And, and so if you're always striving for balance, that means it always feels like you're choosing one over the other. Mm -hmm. And that, that psychological game 
took a toll on me. And I just ended up feeling like I was not good enough at anything. At that point, it was like, I'm a horrible parent. I'm a horrible wife. I'm a horrible business person. Cause I was putting all this pressure on myself and making it mean that I was choosing one over the other. And so I started for me, the, the, the shift was really a understanding that there's no such thing as balance mm-hmm. B leaning into more harmony where things have an ebb and flow. And as long as I'm operating in alignment with me, then I'm not steering myself wrong. I'm not making the wrong decision. How can I possibly make the wrong decision? I'm just dealing with the priorities at hand. Um, And so if I keep my family time sacred and I commit to it, I'm not sacrificing it. It's just something's come up and I now have to deal with that. But that commitment is still there. Mm -hmm. I'm making it up in other ways. Um, And so that's, that was the shifting point for me was again, you know, that there was this intrinsic part of me that wanted to be perfect at everything. And we all know where that goes that, you know, there is no such thing as, as perfection. And, And it was just learning just to be kinder with myself and really coming back to, okay, whose business in life am I running? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this to please somebody else? Am I doing this to fill someone else's shoes or expectations or is it mine? And that was, it sounds so much easier than, than what it is um, because it's, it's not easy. It's very difficult and challenging to go against that norm when you do feel the pressure to meet expectations and do things a certain way. I mean, we do it all the time. I look at other brokers and I'm like, oh, they do that in their business. Uh Oh, maybe I should be running my business that way. And I second guess what I'm doing instead of looking at it. Well, hold on. Is my business thriving? Is it working for me? Then that's what I have to stick with. So realtors do that all the time. They compare. Oh, what are they doing? You know, what's this? I should do it like that. Well, why? It's not to say that it's you shouldn't. I just, I, I asked the question, why? How does that align with your vision? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's really where the lifestyle entrepreneurship comes in because you can't have a business that has that freedom and fulfillment if you're not in alignment. Alignment has to be there. Yeah. There will always be a hole to be filled all the time if, if it's outside of what's actually really important. So nailing down those values, nailing down what a good life is, nailing down what a good marriage is, nailing down what mm-hmm. health is, nailing, nailing down what, you know, doing our best for our kids and trying to, you know, create uh, independent thinkers. And, and that goes both ways, you know, it, all those things. And then all of a sudden being, being happy to say to clients, you know what, I'm sorry, um, can't do Wednesday. Cause I got something going on, but I can do Thursday. Well, Wednesday's my only day. Okay. So what's the next day then? Like you're just not giving it up. Yeah. It's, no, it's negotiating. Right? You, you know, yeah. as much as we negotiate contracts, you negotiate your time as well. Absolutely. But it, you know what, if you're giving good value to your people and you've built a high, high, high level of trust with that person, they will wait for you. Yeah. And that's, and, and that goes back to where we started with the avatar yes. and attracting people who you want to work with you. If, if, if family is important to you and you start now marketing your business and attracting people who also share those values, mm-hmm. there's going to be an understanding. But if family is important to you and you're attracting the, you know, intense profile of an investor who's, you know, yeah, there's, it's, it's not in alignment. They're not going to understand your position or stance to want to be with your family because that's not their world. 
They don't live in that world. Yeah, absolutely. Just be you. Be you. Be, be you. you and Yes. And everybody, there is opportunity for everybody to succeed at this business. I highly believe that. Yeah. And that's very, very true. hundred percent true. Have you been through any major challenges? Were you happy? Like, were you kind of doing stuff during 2008? Were you involved there? I was in the business. Yeah. So I was always in the business. Um, yeah. but I, Throughout, so I, I call myself a creative dabbler. I'm a dabbler. I dabble in a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> so I um, I went off and I did uh, early childhood education diploma, mm. and then I went off and I did a pre med degree in kinesiology, and then I so I dabble in things again because I really didn't have clarity of where what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, so I just went with things that I was interested in and things that, you know, I was attracted to and that I felt joy taking part in. Mm -hmm. And so I call, I, I call that was my collecting phase. Like I literally was on a scavenger hunt, collecting pieces of myself, learning about myself as I went and yeah. everything that I've done and dabbled in, I use, Absolutely. Um, I yeah. use on a daily basis. Like people are like, what does early childhood education have to do with real estate? I'm like, oh, more than you realize <laughs> because it's all psychology based. It's all understanding how, you know, the developments of decisions and why we do things we do. And so it does, it, it all, it all translates. And I think that's why, you know, going back to, can everybody be successful? Yes. Your past life of whatever you were doing before you decided to get into yeah. real estate, those skills are all transferable. They are a value. It's just about knowing what they are and then learning how to put them into play in your business. Yeah. So listeners, embrace your story. Embrace, yeah. embrace your life, what you've gone through. And you know what? You may have had some failures. You may have had some things that have knocked you down or you have insecurities. And guess what? We all do. None of us don't. Even the successful people out there, you know, every one of us have something that we're all dealing with. We're all dealing with it all the time. And, you know, really thinking about breaking down what you want and then figuring out ways to go and get it. And, you know, you, um, you seem to be running a fantastic, I've, you know, I haven't met any of your agents. I haven't looked, you know, any of that stuff with your, with your office, but it seems to me, I mean, obviously you have a lot of growth. You've got um, different, you know, counties and cities that you're operating in. Mm -hmm. And just by talking to you, I can tell everything you do is very intentional. And so probably some fantastic offices and great culture in there and all that. And I'm just going to assume that. But when you talk to new agents, do you talk to them about getting proper training outside, like from outside sources or do you have a great training program within your own business that you offer your agents? And that is part of your value proposition. Both. Yeah. Um, I do both. So part of onboarding, again, when you're bringing you know, new agents into your culture, there is an onboarding process and training has a big part of, of bringing people into your culture. So we do have proprietary training that we do, um, but there are tons of, of, of amazing resources out there that agents can and should be tapping into. I'm very mindful of not to just push them towards anything because I understand the concept of alignment and I know how important it is. Like I've seen agents almost leave the business because they went towards a, a training methodology and a way of doing business that was so 
couldn't have been further from who they were as a person. And right. it just didn't feel right for them that they were like, ew, I don't like, I, this, if this is the business, I don't like it. And, and almost ready to leave because of it. So, you know, I, I encourage outside training. Um, there's people like yourself who offer amazing programs and, and methodologies. And how would we not want to learn from other people who have been through that journey? It's, it's valuable to learn what to do. It's even valuable to learn what not to do. And we learn from other people's mistakes. We learn from other people's insights. And I know you share tons of wisdom from your own personal experience. Um, and so I, I encourage agents to go out there. And my only, you know, little caveat to that is just make sure it feels right for you. Yeah. Um, and you and I had that conversation, right? Where it's like your approach is not here, do it my way. It's mm -hmm. not about my way because what worked for you worked for you, but it's taking those core concepts yes. of what worked for you and helping agents figure out how to make it work for themselves. Totally. I find what happens is no one ever comes to real estate like you where, I mean, you did a bunch of call it dabbling, but, but really like a lot of people, they don't grow up going, I'm going to be a realtor, like very rarely, right? Very Unless they have rarely. a powerful mom and a dad, but, but really like, and then you might even have resisted it for a long time too. Right. But who does that? Like who goes, you know, a 60 year old kid, you ask them what they want to do for a living. It's, you know, I want to be a singer. I want to be a soccer player. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a fireman, but realtor never comes up. And <laughs> so I, so they usually have done something else, like some other part of their life has happened and now they're getting into real estate. So whatever the reason is, they're now here in real estate. So what ends up happening a lot of times is I think people start to try and fit their old self or their old life or how they were doing things or their old routines or habits or mindsets and go, okay, now I'm going to be a real estate agent and, and then try to make that work within themselves. And I think that's where sometimes the resistance is. And, and that's where I, where, where I wanted to focus is I wanted to focus on the formula. I wanted to focus on the how to's, but I also had to throw the mindsets in there and the new habits that need to be created and, and start with foundational stuff. What's your why? Let's break that down. Let's think it through. Let's do a goal setting session that is going to cover exactly how to set goals that you can measure throughout the way and then get into the how to's mindsets principles because now someone can, anybody can do that. Anybody, all you need is the mindsets and, and the understanding of that. And then after that, now it's just application. And so it's a tough one. It's, you know, I didn't want to be, the, it's not called the Kelly Johnston real estate training because I don't want them to try and be like me or think they have to be like me or anything. And gosh, I hope not. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> but it's true. How many times have you had agents say to you, oh, but I can't say that like how you say it. Yeah. And it's like, but you're not supposed to because you're not me, but let's break it down and understand what is the essence of the script totally. that I used? Like what was in the language that I used that was persuasive and powerful? That's what we want to get to. Make yes. sure you say that in your way. Yes. That's so yeah. good. Like I, that actually happened two days ago Joe yeah. from the office calls me up because we've been out of the office and we have a real cool concept in our office. It's very Google. Like it's very open. We have our open. partition areas, but there's, and we do this on purpose. Cause I know I got to up my game when I know that the younger agents are listening to me on the phone and stuff. So I'm like, this is good. Cause I want to teach them and train them by doing. And uh, Joe said to me, he goes, I miss having you in the office. Cause I used to just listen 
to you and I'd get all this stuff and all this stuff. And I said, okay, well, what's going on? And he says, well, this is the situation. And I said, okay, so here's the mindsets in behind all that. Here's, here's where you want to get to. Here's, and I started talking about it. And he goes, Kelly, I'm writing as fast as I can right now as you're talking. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to get off the phone. But you know, that's, that is it. Like, you know, um, it's really not about the words. It's not about the tricky words, the tricky scripts. And we do do scripts and stuff, but really it's about the mentality in behind those words and the intentions of those words and really listening. A lot of times we forget that. We're thinking about all the things we need to say. If you just listen, find a need and regurgitate that back in a nice way that they, they will hear it. They, they That's will. our only job when we work yeah. with people. Our only job is to figure out the need and bring the solution to them. That is our only job. And so you can't do that if you're talking. Yeah. You can't do that if you're trying to go over and above all the time because you have <laughs> no idea where that line of over and above is. Like it might be yeah. very in a very different place for you than it is for me. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's, there's, there's something to be said about listening and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like when he was, you know, I, I like to hear you talk. Osmosis mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. Yes. It is powerful. It works. When you, when you know that it is your style. So if you find somebody that is your style, go ahead, like yeah. soak it all in, absorb it, but don't get stopped and yeah. don't stop yourself because you're not that person or, or you can't do it that way. It's, it, it, there's more than one way to do the business and you're right. There's very few people that raise their hand in high school to say, I want to be a realtor. Um, and that's, you know, and that really is the, the biggest shift that I've seen in our industry is all of the training, all of the methodology, all of the language and mindset that we use to help realtors was created at a time when the majority of realtors were the salesperson personality profile. When they were the natural salespeople, the ones that were, don't get me behind a desk. I don't want to worry about structure. I like to fly by the seat of my pants. I just want to be around people. I know how to naturally persuade. That's, that's what we catered to. And there's been a huge shift in that. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I kind of talked about that. It was like, when I started that academy 13 years ago, all of a sudden, like within one year, it was like engineers, teachers, accountants, people that were never gravitated to this industry, started getting into the industry, but yet all the support systems weren't uh, able to adapt to them. Yeah. They were forced to adapt to the way we've always done things. And that, I think that was one of the biggest disconnects. And so that's why programs like yours are so important because you're not trying to make them fit into the square hole if that's not what they are it's like here let me just show you what's gonna what you need these are the elements to build your house build your house how you want to build your house yeah build it to suit your vision and your dream and your needs and your structure requirements yes thank you you're welcome (laughs) that's so good that is so good well you know what we're are over time big time right now we've had such an awesome discussion i've had a great time um thank you and I just thank you so much for giving me your time. You're a very busy person. I understand that. You got a lot going on. And um, I'm just honored to have had you on our show. And oh, uh, thank, thank you. you so much for your insights. No, th- listen, thank you. I'm, I'm on the one who's honored and privileged. And, you know, it's this, that's, yes, I'm busy, but helping shape our industry and helping impact realtors is one of my commitments. And so it's very easy to, you know, 
find the time to do the things that are important to you. And so I, I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity uh, and for you allowing me to be here. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to get some great stuff out of this. And now we talked earlier um, that uh, if any of you would like to have a chance to talk to Michelle one-on-one, once again, giving back even more over and above what she's done today, um, she's willing to have a half hour conversation with you about, she is a certified disc assessment person. So um, literally talking to you about your, your, your per, like getting you to know yourself really, really well and learning how to have empathy for others and just understanding that concept. And if you'd like to have some time with Michelle to talk about that, um, all you got to do is screenshot the episode, post it on Instagram or Facebook, tag me, um, kellyjohnson.training or Michelle Reese, um, and um, we will see that and we'll pick a winner. Also, if you could just leave a comment, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a great comment telling us about the episode, what you loved about Michelle, and um, we'll I'll pick a couple winners. We'll see how it goes, and uh, we'll get you in touch with Michelle. And I'll announce that in next week's episode. So how does that sound, Michelle? That sounds perfect. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that is a gift, people. Anybody who gets to have that, (laughs) that is so powerful for running your business. And and really just honestly, we don't take time to understand ourselves sometimes and our own tendencies. And it just helps us working with other people. It really, 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 really does. Anyway. (laughs) Really, really, really. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go because I know we're over time. And uh, I wish you all the best and we will be in touch for sure. Thank you, Kelly. What a fantastic conversation with Michelle. I really enjoyed our time together. She is an amazing person. And if you haven't already, she has a podcast called Lifestyle Entrepreneur. And she goes over a lot of valuable material in that podcast. I encourage you to tune into that as well. Add it to your playlist. As you heard on the show, she is a thought leader, trainer, certified disc trainer in personality profiles. She runs a very successful real estate office, offers quality training, but she still advocates that real estate agents should be seeking appropriate training. Check out 4xformula.com to learn more about how we can help agents blow up their businesses in a high quality, highly sustainable way with tools and systems to help you look like a rock star and most importantly, faster utilizing the 4X formula, turning each listing into four deals. If you haven't already, please take a moment to like the episode, give me a rating and a comment so that Apple knows to share it with others like yourself, okay? That's it for today. Thank you for joining me once again. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time to join me on 4X Formula Radio. Oh, and if you know of a great broker owner that should be on my show, get them in touch with me and I'd love to have them on in a future episode. Take care, make a great day.